are listening to The Mental Cast, a podcast with great discussions about mental performance training, coaching, and education and learning. Hosted by Dan Meckel and powered by Soul Performance Academy. Please check out all social media accounts at 717Soul and at Real Dan Mickle for up-to-date information, challenges, and questions. If you'd like to reach out to us here at The Mentalcast, please email us podcast at 717soul.com or podcast at Dan Mickle, and we will get back to you and may use your question for future episodes. You can also use the hashtags Ask717Soul and Ask Dan Mickle to reach us. Lastly, we would love your support across all our social media accounts at Real Dan Mickle for all of Dan Mickle's social media accounts and at 717 Soul for Soul Performance Academy. Thank you. And now here is your host, Dan Mickle. All right, everyone, as promised, today we are going to have a great interview with Pam. And Pam is going to talk about her amazing journey. And it's probably one of the coolest things I've seen in a while, especially in the volleyball world, um, starting to happen. And um, as I said before, I'm, I'm good at getting out of the way. So I'm going to let Pam take over and give a little bit of a background. And then we'll start the questions and digging into everything. So Pam, if you want to give an introduction and a little bit of background on yourself, and we'll go from there. Sure. I'm Pam Brandt, Volleyball and Sunsets is the name of my company. Who's Who in Volleyball is the name of my digital magazine. And I started writing when I was much younger. Um, my mom lost her sight from degenerative uh, macular degeneration and retinitis pigmentosa. Um, so she was having a real difficult time from being able to see everything to all of a sudden everything going black. And I didn't want my mom to ever feel like she was missing out on things. So I learned the power of words and became a wordsmith and would paint a picture for her through my description of things so that she could get the visualization in her Im imagination. I was in Quill and Scroll in high school, uh, did competitive speech and debate. And then, oh gosh, I was in volleyball, never a great player. I, I will honestly tell you that. <laughs> The, the, the funny part that we learn is usually those that aren't the greatest are the ones that start making the biggest impact. And I think that's because we see it from a little bit different light than the typical gym rat and, you know, the Olympians, which are all great. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think that's a big, uh, big difference. I agree. And, you know, because there were so many things that volleyball taught me that I never realized how much it strengthened me as a person, you know, um, when you're in a game, you can't think about the mistake you just made. Cause you're going to have another ball coming at you. And if you don't let it go, it's going to hit you in the face. <laughs> so you learn real quick to let go of your mistakes and, you know, get on with it. But the game has evolved so much when my youngest daughter became involved in volleyball and I took her to practice, 
I see these girls and they're running all over the court and everything. And I'm like, what are they doing? I couldn't, I, I, I could not figure out what in the world was going on because it wasn't the volleyball I played where everybody had their little square and that's where you stayed. And that's how you learned to play volleyball. And it was side out, which meant that you had to serve it in order to get the point. The game was only up to 15 points. Now it's up to 25. I'm like, what is going on? I was so lost and confused. <laughs> were, were, were you one of those moms though? Or, or were you more of the sit in the bleachers and keep quiet or, or were you Oh kinda... no, I was the loud mouth <laughs> mom going, yeah, that's my kid. <laughs> Somehow I'm not surprised by that answer, just so you know. My daughter was always like, oh, God, my mom, my mom. <laughs> but I, you know, I was very supportive and she was a very determined child, uh, very self-motivated and very self-driven. I was just reaching, I, I just had an interview with a coach and he was telling me, um, you know, the two sports that really build mental toughness is volleyball and golf because you are the only one that controls what you do and how you feel about it. And volleyball is more of a mental game than most other sports because so quickly kids can get into their own head about their mistakes, get mad about things that they knew they should have done or hold on to those things. And you, you have to just learn to let it go and focus on the next step, keep moving forward. And my daughter was just, she just loved volleyball. She was a very introverted, very quiet child. Didn't like to really make a scene or be noticed. You know, she liked to be the wallflower. She felt much more comfortable there. And, but yet when she would step on the court, all of a sudden there was this beast mode that she would get into and she'd be dancing on the courts and you could tell she was just enjoying life. And she was always cheering on her, her co-players and, and, um, you know, trying to build everyone up. Uh, when she would go to practice, she would, um, pick the weakest link, so to speak on the team, on the team. And that's who she chose to work with because she's only as good as the weakest link, right? Your team is only as good as the weakest link. So if we work together, we can build each other up. It's, and that helps the team. It, it's funny, cause that's, you know, my daughter's 14 U um, and actually I'm sitting at her practice facility now. She's getting ready to practice doing this interview, <laughs> but uh, very similar, um, uh, kind of introverted. She's coming out of her shell a little bit and, but she's really out of her shell when she's on the court. But she does the same thing. She looks for when we do camps and clinics, she looks for the kid that's struggling and wants to work with that kid. And it's funny, a few weeks ago, I just said, you know, why, why does that happen? Like what, you know, attracts you to that situation? And she couldn't remember the quote, but she said, I don't know, something I heard once about waters and boats and raising the level of the boat, or I don't know. It's just, I want to make everyone better. So we're all better. I said it. <laughs> You mean rising tides raise all boats? She's like, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, 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 that's it. That thing that you say all the time. But 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 yeah, it's it's um, <clears throat> it's it's amazing how much a sport 
even a team sport like this can can transform someone as soon as they step in the sand or they step on the court and get ready to play and it you know everything changes and i think that's what i love about it so it's it's interesting that you know your daughter kind of went through that same phrase and mm-hmm. and the, and the sport probably yeah. taught her a lot the sport probably taught her a lot more about life than it did about the sport i would imagine Abs- absolutely absolutely and then you know she was she was such um a seeker of knowledge. She was, you know, she still had that childlike sponge and just wanted to soak up everything she possibly could to learn about something. So when she wasn't doing schoolwork or she wasn't with her friends, even when she was with her friends, they were peppering and playing volleyball. And, but when she was out of practice and at home, when she was done with her homework, she went to YouTube channel and was looking up college games and professional games and just sitting and watching it for hours and hours because she wanted to see what a professional level looked like. You know, what, what, what's my goal here? Where, where am I leading to in this sport? What, what's the end game for this sport, you know? And then when it was time for her to start looking into colleges and everything, um, straight A student, honors college program, you know, on track to get the associate's degree as well as the, uh, as well as the diploma. And she's like, but mom, she's like, I really don't, I don't know if I want to include volleyball in college. She goes, I I mean, don't get me wrong. I still want to play but I'm thinking that maybe I'll just find somewhere else to play because what is the point of spending my whole entire college experience on schoolwork, studying, practice, training, conditioning, playing, sleeping, (laughs) not going to be able to do anything else. And I, and I went, well, why wouldn't you, want to experience that I mean you're you'll be you know because of the people that you'll be around and stuff you'll be around people that will really elevate you and lift you up like the teams have done in the past and she says yeah but when I go to graduate I'll be in the best athletic form I could be in at the most athletic age I'll be and there's nowhere for me to go when I graduate it's congratulations. Here's your diploma. Good thing you got a degree because there is no professional volleyball here for the United States. And it's like, and that, you know, for her to have that insight really made me start to think, what is going on? You know, so I've been doing research, I mean, since she was seven years old. So more so for the last 10 years. <laughs> And um, looking into the professional leagues in the United States, why everybody thinks that they couldn't continue, why they didn't happen, what happened to them when they started and why they failed and things like that. And one of the things that I found was that nobody knew who our great volleyball players were. (laughs) I... (laughs) I am so glad that's the point that nailed it for you because that has always been my point in 
in every professional sport in the United States, you can go out and buy a jersey of your favorite player or the star players. Right. I can't, I couldn't go and get a Karch Karai, an Adam Johnson jersey. I couldn't, you know, I, you might get a t shirt, yeah. you know, from Speedo <laughs> or someone that they sponsored, but there was right. no promotion of the athlete. And there still isn't to this day. There still isn't promotion of the athlete. And it's rough. Yeah. And and I'm so glad that that's kind of what made yeah, your light bulb and, go uh, off a little bit. And so then when I started connecting with people in the volleyball world, I was like, well, yeah, I could do what everybody else does and start with the kids because that's where the money's at. You know, that's where all, everybody is really in, in active and, and interested in what you have to say. And they're the ones that'll pay to come see you and hear what you have to say and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but that's not where I want to start. It's got to start from the top in order to come down. So you have to start at the professional level. Well, in 2019, I had um, some health issues. And uh, I sneezed when I was 30, paralyzed myself, long story short. After about six years of physical therapy, I was able to actually go back and start working and went to school, got my medical degree, went into um, infectious disease and endocrinology. And then I went on to having neurological problems in my legs and stuff like that and in my spine. So I'm very limited on when I can do stuff and how much I can do. And um, it's really not conducive to a work schedule or a work environment. And so I was put on disability and um, I was home for about a week or two, maybe. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go nuts if I don't find something to do with my time. I'm not gonna sit here and dwell on this. I'm 53 years old. I'm determined, not disabled. So just keep that in mind <laughs> right. and uh, figure out something, figure out what you can do. And so I started writing advertorials because I remember when I would travel with my daughter to some of her tournaments, actually, anytime we travel, the routine was check into the hotel meet up with everybody, go to Applebee's, go to practice, come back to the hotel, go to the tournament, and then go home. What's the point of traveling if you don't get to experience the culture? Why are you traveling to another city if you're not even going to take the opportunity, even if it's just for an hour, to embrace something in a different community and a different culture? And so I started writing about places to play, places to stay, places um, to eat, and places for adventure. I figured those are the four top main topics, right? You need to know where you can stay that's around where you're, where you're playing. If you're traveling, you might want to know where they have open gyms at or where they're playing at, where the local clubs are in that area or where the local beach courts are and things like that so you can get some practice time in you definitely need to know where to eat and I would rather support the small business mom and pop shop right than the Applebee's than, and, than and a corporation Chili's. that really doesn't 
do much for the community, you know, except for maybe supply a few minimal pay, may, minimal paying jobs. Um, so I started writing about places to eat because I love food too. So that's right up my alley. And then um, the places for adventure, because when you're out with a team and you're traveling and you have a big tournament, the bigger the tournament, the more stress and pressure there is on the kids to get inside their own head. Again, you got to remember volleyball is a mental sport. It's, it's mentally draining, not just physically draining. And so it, it, you can't let these kids get too much into their head thinking about their next, the game tomorrow and the tournament tomorrow, because that's what's going to cause them to make mistakes. So I started looking for like mini golf places, um, go-kart places. For adults, I usually try to add a nightlife place or a museum, something with some sort of artistic value. You know, something that you can go and do within the community that'll introduce you to something in that culture, as opposed to Applebee's hotel pool bed, you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, I mean, you could do that at home. What's the point of traveling? I mean, yeah, it's because that's where the tournament is. But for the community that's hosting that, that's a big burden to have all of those people there and no one doing anything within the community. That doesn't benefit that community to host that event at all. Right. It just, it just feeds the pockets of the downtown conference, you know, conference right. center. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I was in an event last year. I had to sub in last minute to coach a team that I didn't even know any of the players, but I, already had COVID and their coach was out. So I hopped on a plane and literally met the team in the hotel lobby the morning of the tournament and coached them through um, in St. Louis. And one of the things that I found was a, a little mom and pop pizza shop came through the hotel and just gave everyone like their menu and, you know, a coupon, I think for like 10% off. And I think we ate there almost every night because they went out of their way as a mom and pop to come to the hotel. And, you know, cause we're sick of Applebee's we're sick of, you know, the, the same yeah. old, same old, you can only eat Subway and Chipotle and Chipotle <laughs> so many times. Right. Um, and, and the yes. kids were like, we need to like, the kids were in awe that someone did that. And, it was cool because we're yeah. like, okay, well, you know, we're East coast kids and we're kind of in this Midwest, you know, what do you recommend and what should you get? So that was the big thing. Cause you go to Applebee's and you're going to get the same recommendation, whether you're in Pennsylvania, whether you're in California and they have the same stuff on the, on the menu. There, yeah. there isn't anything different. There isn't anything cultural or conducive to, you know, the farm stands in that area. <laughs> you don't get any of that. So, yeah. So did you, when you kind of started having this idea, were you looking at it more from a, the volleyball side, helping the business side, or did you kind of look at it from the business side, helping the volleyball side? You know what? It's funny because I wasn't really thinking either way. Like I said, I started this back in 2019 and I was like getting everything together and gearing up everything because it's volleyball and sunsets. So I was just going to focus on beach volleyball. And 
gearing up for that next season in 2020. And what happened? Nothing. <laughs> COVID hit. Right. Nothing happened. Beaches were closed. People were locked down. And so there was nothing going on. And I was like, ah, well, I'm very determined person. So you got to adapt, right? <laughs> when, when a door closes, you go out the window, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then I started seeing a lot of things in social media about the struggle of small businesses. And that's when I went, well, you know what? Why don't I just go out in the community and I'll offer them an advertorial? So I did advertorials for some of the businesses that connected with me here in Michigan City, Indiana, and uh, offered them a free advertorial just so I could see, you know, kind of like a little research market to see how it would go and how it would be taken. And um, ended up having two of my stories published in the newspaper. The local newspaper picked them up. And then from that, it went to, um, oh gosh. So then I started doing that. And then that's when I came up with the places to play, places to stay, places to eat and places for adventure and figured I'm just going to keep it with four topics. If I'm going to do all of volleyball, <laughs> I got to keep the traveling athletes corner limited you know, on what I'm doing advertorials for. And my goal was to sell the advertorials because if you look at the cost of advertising, a lot of small businesses can't compete because it's limited word size, it's limited word count, it's limited size of the ad, you know, for a little business card ad with 25 words, it's like 500 bucks. Yeah, it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. You know, and that's ridiculous. How can you expect a mom and pop shop to do that? You can't, especially when COVID hit and everything was really a struggle. So I set up my own website and figured, you know what? I'll just start posting stories as I write them. And I would write the advertorial, which meant that you had advertising in editorial form. I didn't just go into what you offer in your restaurant. I went into their why. Why are you doing this? What do you want to contribute to your community? How do you contribute to your community? You know, and so we went through that. And through that process, a lot of people were like, wow, this is, I like this. This is so much different. I was like, well, of course. My favorite ex example is the hot dog stand. If there's hot dog stands on every corner in the city, which one do you know to go to? You don't. Right. They Word all got mouth, the hopefully. same thing. You know, yeah. they all got the same thing. But if you know the guy over on Third Street is selling hot dogs, because every time he sells a hot dog and hands it to you, it reminds him of his childhood and all of the quality time with his family, going to baseball games, going to the county fairs, and just the fun times that they would have together and that was his quality time food was a hot dog and that's why he's selling hot dogs because he wants to share that quality time with someone even if it's just for the 10 second exchange of a hot dog that's the guy you want to go to get a hot dog from because right. he cares about what he's doing 
and he's going to make sure that you're happy with what he's giving to you, you know? So that's, you know, and so that's what I look for. Um, same thing with my volleyball magazine. So I started accumulating all of these stories and I'm like, okay, then I found the VLA. I stumbled on to this men's pro organization that started back in 2019. They had five or six teams, I think the first year. Yeah, I think it was five. Yeah. And then last year they went up to 12. This year, they're now up to 28 teams. And so as they've evolved, I was just like, this is great. Why doesn't anybody know we have a pro league? Well, in 2020, I went down to see their, um, the VLA Cup, where all of these teams, you know, all six teams were there for three days. I, I have never, ever I've gone to baseball games. I've gone to basketball games. I've seen the Harlem Globetrotters and I've never been so antsy to jump out of my seat. Every time you see that ball hitting somebody from a kill or a spike and the receiving and the serving and just the energy that it's exuded from these guys on the court is so electrifying and powerful and motivational. I mean, it literally just brings you to your feet and you want to cheer right along with them. You know, you just can't stop yourself. And to feel that kind of energy from a sport, I, I never experienced that. Definitely not the volleyball I grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's definitely not. You know, and so I started connecting with these guys and talking with these guys. And I was like, well, if you guys want to get venues, I know people in cities, I'll get you set up with venues and this, that and everything else. And they're like, no, we're going to stick with what we're doing right now. And what they were doing is they would play their seasonal games inside of AAU and JVA tournaments. Right, right. They were just piggybacking off the setups. Yep. So they'd get one court with all of these kids. Like I was at one um, in Legacy at the Legacy Center, which is whew, <laughs> the biggest sports complex I have ever seen in my life. They had a thousand people just working the parking lot because <laughs> they had baseball, softball, basketball, volleyball, soccer, beach volleyball, pickleball, all major tournaments going on at the same time. And uh, I went there, they had 55 court, 50, 52 courts. So 52 courts of teams playing nonstop for two days. <laughs> That's a lot of kids. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> and I would just walk around and hand out business cards going, Hey, did you guys see the pros playing in the corner? What, what? I'm like, Oh Yeah. And so it would drive them back there just to look. And it was fun because I love to take pictures. I always have a video camera and a, um, a, a camera with me. And I'm taking pictures and I'm always so drawn back to the crowds to watch the crowd's responses and reactions to the, what they're actually seeing because they've never seen volleyball at this level. And for kids to see it, man, these kids got empowered. These guys, these kids got motivated to go and do their best on their court, you know, 
and and I'd go around and go, well, you know, you never know who's watching. <laughs> you know, and it just really inspires the kids and the kids get so thrilled. And then after they're done playing um, down in Phoenix, they were taking pictures with some of the different teams were coming up and going, can we get a picture with you guys? And the guys were like, yeah, sure, come on in, get everybody in here. Is this all your team? You know, where's your coach, you know? And, and, and to do that for these kids, that you're, that's what you get when you look for a role model or a mentor. You look for someone who's gonna take you under their wing and support you and encourage you and fuel your passion for what it is that you're doing. And these guys just do a great job with that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Loy and Vince and and all those guys are doing an amazing job. And I just signed on this past year. I'm doing the sports psych for um, the Chicago team, the Slunkers out of Chicago. Awesome. Um, and I've, I've known Nick and Tim, the guys that run that for years, and they did the junior side right. So I knew that when they were getting involved on on the VLA side that it was going to be a, a, a good program. So yeah. And, and, you know, some of the roots of that go back the whole way back to the PVL where they started kind of doing the same thing with USA volleyball, but because of safe sport and everything, they were running it at nationals. So they were playing, you know, once a year and it just yeah. couldn't expand. So I, I think this model and what they're doing is perfect and, and I'm excited and the growth is awesome, but I, I think just the outreach and the more teams popping up are it's amazing. Oh yeah. And it's, and it's funny because I mean, I, I'll be traveling and when I'm traveling, you know, people are starting to hear about it now. It's starting to actually get out in the volleyball community. And so I'm hearing people going, yeah, I'm working on putting together a team. We're going to be in it next year. And, you know, and I, and I'm hearing this. So they went from 12 to 28. I can't wait to see what the expansion is in next year. One of the things that I'd like to see happen, though, is I really, really, really would encourage the AAU and the JVA when they do these tournaments at the location where they're playing. I would love it if they could have a center court before they all play so that all the kids could get a chance to actually see them play, know who they are and know what court they're going to be at. And then they can start the tournament. Just one game. Yeah. Or, or even at, even at the very least something in between waves, you know, during right. a wave switch and, and, and put a yeah. little bit more focus on it. So. And, and at least announce it or something, something, Yeah, you know, I, it just I, seems I, like they should have a little bit of attention and not, 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 not that, you know, they're the center of it, but just go, Hey, by the way. <laughs> so I think what I'm going to do is I'm um, going to make these posters and I'm going to laminate them that say, come and see the VLA on court, whatever. And then I'll right. just mark the court down and I'm going to plaster them up everywhere I go next time for the tournament. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way to do it. That's absolutely the way to do it. So, so you know, what do you see then as I don't want to say end game because that sounds like it's you know uh, an, an an ending but what yeah. what do you see as the next phase of what you're doing so so you know you started with the travel part and 
you know, your, your four or five key components, but where do you see the growth going, you know, down the road on this? Well, now I, I, in January of this year, we started the who's who in volleyball magazine. Um, and so that's where I showcase a story, um, between two to 3000 words about a professional. Okay. Um, and I get to share who they are and what they're doing and their story. Um, and then we also have um, Ashley Shrum from Calibrated Physical Therapy. She is a doctor of physical therapy who, while she was studying for her master's and everything and her PhD, she actually spe- specified, specifically focused on the kinetics of a volleyball player throughout her whole physical therapy training. So she really, she only works with volleyball players and I'm excited to say she's coming to Chicago. (laughs) Nice. She'll be, she'll be moving to Chicago soon. I'm really excited about that. She's out in Colorado right now. Um, But she always writes an article and contributes. Uh, The first one was treating ankle sprains prevention to post act, you know, post sprain and, and care and recovery and stuff like that. Um, and then last month she did an article on selecting, um, ankle braces, how to select the proper ankle brace and things like that. Um, she's got a program called bulletproof ankle. And so she's really strong on that. Uh, and then I have Randy Ochenero who does our nutrition corner. She writes about the fueled athlete and how, how you best serve your body when you're, you know, what are the best foods to eat before practice versus before tournament game, you know, when is the best time to eat certain foods and things like that. And then I have the traveling athletes corner in the back that has the places to play, places to stay, places to eat and places for adventure. So um, we've got a great group of writers, but, uh, eventually I would love to have even more writers and just, you know, make it huge because there are so many stories out there about professional athletes and it's not the numbers that they put in the columns that make them great. Right. It's the, it's the contribution to society. I mean, that sounds kind of cheesy to say, but that's really what it is. True. But it's true, you know, when you look at um, when you look at all of the great athletes, you know, um, last month was Black History Month. I, I am like absurdly dumbfounded that no one knows who Flo Hyman is anymore. Right. It's who just not. No, right. I mean. Oh, Hyman, she wasn't just a great volleyball player. She was like one of the best athletes in the entire world. (laughs) And she just happened to be from America and black. How do you not know this woman? It just boggles my mind. And uh, something Ruth Nelson says all the time, she actually was a coach and a a team member with, um, with flow and she keeps the memory alive of flow. And, uh, she always says, you know, without history, there is no future. 
And that's so true. I mean, how many players know that there's an international hall of fame for volleyballers in Massachusetts? Right. Not many. In the two and a half years that I've been doing this, only one person knew who Full Hyman was. And that was Ruth. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and that's that's the amazing part. And if it wasn't for Ruth, there'd be a lot, le- even a lot less people that would know. Because I don't know that I know anyone that has advocated or carried the legacy on of someone else that they weren't related to um, than Ruth has. Like, it's, it's amazing yeah. how much she carries that torch for flow. Yeah. And, and not just for flow. I mean, for several minorities, you know, um, she posted a list of all, I mean, she actually went back through history and took every black player that had ever played, um, in the history of sport at a, at a great level. And, you know, she's, she's dedicated to making sure that people know who they are. And she's always, she's, I don't know, I, you've talked to her, so I'm sure you know, and this will make total sense to you, but you can go to call Ruth for one question. And all of a sudden, Ruthopedia starts spewing out and you don't know which <laughs> volume to pick from to get the information that you want. I'm like, I have to record every conversation with her because there's so much information compiled into that five minute sentence (laughs) yeah you know being in pennsylvania it's it's lucky for me that i had the access that i had to like russ rose and those guys and there's a probably a handful of coaches um the mcgowans and dudding and those guys and ruth is definitely one mick haley's another one that i wouldn't talk to them unless i had my notebook and pen with me because i knew that I was going to be researching something or looking something up after talking with them. Uh, Yeah. I I talked to Ruth and I mean, I just learned not to even bother with a pen and paper because she just spews nothing but volumes out at you. And every sentence will have at least two to three name drops, two to three places and (laughs) two to three tournaments. You know what I mean? And it's like, Oh, My favorite thing about she's such a value. Oh my gosh. My favorite thing about her is how she brings so much value and she's fun to talk to, but you can absolutely yeah. sense that she was a firecracker as a coach, like playing oh, for yeah. her probably would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I think is so funny and one of the, one of my favorite aspects of the game is uh, quite honestly, the trash talking that goes on the court. You don't hear that on TV, but if you're in the stadium and you're sitting front row, I guarantee you, you can hear a little bit of it and it's great. And, you know, it just, it disheartens me that they don't allow these kids to learn how to do that properly. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, there's a way to trash talk and there's, right. But, you know, it's like, oh, you can't hurt somebody's feelings. Bullpucky. It's a mental game. If I want to get in your head after I have a major kill and go, that's how we do it here. You know, I, why can't I do that? I don't understand. <laughs> yep. Yep. Nope. I get it. But that's, you know, and that's, and the guys are great at it. 
because they've been playing together. They've known each other for so long that there's a lot of crosstalk chatter on the courts, and I love it. It oh, adds it was, to the game. What, when we were playing the three years in the PVL against pineapple i mean it's the same pineapple team i mean yeah. it was just it was it was almost an art form just listening to the trash going on through the net yeah, yeah it is and it's so funny because you can see it just bouncing off you know you see him go oh, okay okay in your face yeah you wish you know <laughs> it's like where are you gonna put this one <laughs> you know it's just it's great it's just great and so, you, oh, go ahead, go ahead. You add you add that to all of the power and electricity on the court. Um, it's just so fun to watch. Yeah, it's it's a completely different level in so many ways. Not just the skill, but from the production to the players individually, it's just such a completely different game. Yeah, yeah. And you asked me where I where I see this going. Um, my ultimate goal would be to advocate for a draft from colleges and get these colleges and get these sponsors to start really stepping up in supporting, you know, I was talking to a coach the other day and he goes, you know, the great thing about volleyball is that it takes the mental toughness of golf. It takes the footwork and agility of a soccer player. It takes the vertical and the blocking of a basketball player. And it takes the strength and conditioning of a football player and puts it all together in one sport. Uh, yep. Yeah, absolutely. It? Oh, I was like, Oh, that is the best way to describe it. I've never thought of it that way, but yeah because we were talking about cross training and how important it is to not pigeonhole kids into saying that they're going to be a specific position. Right. You can't do that. They haven't even fully grown yet. You don't know just because your six year old is taller than everybody else. Doesn't mean she's going to be a middle. She may stop growing at nine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, and they don't learn the basics and the fundamentals. Um, one of the things that I, I love hearing about is overseas and how they start with their kids. Kids over there don't ever play games of six. No, it's, it's all small court, small play. Yeah. Yep. It's all two people, you know, two, maybe three kids maximum on a court because they want everybody to have a chance to get their hands on the ball. And that's the only way you learn. Right. So then I was in uh in, in tournaments and stuff with my daughter and they're like, well, what is she doing here? She's just a local girl. Why is she here on the travel team? Well, somebody wasn't able to make it and the coach really liked my daughter. So she got called up to play. Like she's not going to say no, right. <laughs> you know? And, right. um, and well, I don't understand why she's getting to play and my kid's sitting on the bench and my kid's part of the travel team and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you know what? There's no bench in beach. <laughs> No bench and beach. Right, right. right. You want to complain about it? Go play beach. <laughs> <laughs> and that's you know that's just another way of conditioning because it's so different. I challenged a kid that played basketball. I uh, I dared him to to come out and, and play volleyball because we really need to get more guys involved in the sport. 
And, um, and he goes, guys don't play volleyball. That's a girl's game. And I was like, Oh, I get it. You're too much of a wussy. You can't play. I get it. You don't want to be shown up by the girls. He goes, I can play volleyball. I'm like, well, I dare you. I, I dare you to just come out one day to a clinic, check it out. And I, I'll even let you play against the 12 year old girls. How about that? And he was 16. He's like, yeah, I, I'll get one of my buddies. We'll come out. We'll show you how it's done. I was like, yeah, okay, tough guy. <laughs> Brought him out on the court. He played against these 12 years and they just pummeled him. And he was like, whew after like one game <laughs> it wasn't even one match it was just one game <laughs> and he's like oh how long we got to do this i'm like well you got another six to eight hours before the tournament's over he's like what i was like oh yeah i gotta be out here in the sun and in this heat i'm gonna die <laughs> yep said, yep I said, oh. but i thought you said only girls play volleyball Mm -hmm. and uh, after that he was kind of like i'd catch him at the at the beach playing on the courts all the time it was funny so to yeah. to kind of wrap all this up and put it in a bow then how what's the best way for people to consume your content the the magazines and the facebook groups and yep i am on way? facebook i'm on facebook instagram twitter linkedin um as well as I have my own website, but it's under construction right now because we're revamping it with the magazine so we can incorporate that in subscriptions. But right now the magazine is free to anyone and everyone. So um, it's usually posted on my Facebook page and I share it to all my social media. So Facebook, Volleyball and Sunsets, and you'll see it. Awesome. Well, Pam, thank you. This was an awesome journey, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot more to talk about as this grows and uh, everything kind of oh, grows, yeah. and we'll, we'll have a part two to this definitely, but I really appreciate it. I think it's a really good look at the startup of something new. You know, a lot of times we get to look back at things. It's kind of cool to, to talk to you at the beginning of this. Where, yeah. Yeah, I would say it's still the beginning, right? The, the beginning oh, of this yeah. journey and, and see where it goes and what's going on because I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, when I first talked to you, I think I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> really. I didn't right. really have a sense of direction or any clarity. And uh, yeah, it's definitely taken a form on of itself. And um, it, it's been amazing. And and I love it. When I got people, you know, I <clears throat> I talk to Ruth Nelson quite often. She's, she's become a, a true mentor and inspiration for me, um, as she has for so many thousands of people. And her programs like the BYOP, which incorporate parents into the, into program, the program, yeah. you know, um, just phenomenal. And um, just a suggestion for those kids out there, get to know some of the previous players, you know, do some research, look online. If you're going to spend all that time on your phone, watch a volleyball game and look at, check out how the pros are doing it. You might learn something. You'd be surprised. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And um, I'll make sure we post in the links, um, in the in the show notes, in the links, all the links to your stuff so people can find it easily. Okay. But I'm excited to see where this goes. And thank you yeah. so much for your time. Absolutely. Get in touch with me when you're in Chicago. I definitely will.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Mental Cats. We hope you enjoyed it. We would love for you to like, share, and leave a review for this episode to help boost our exposure. And remember, you can reach out to us with the hashtags Ask717Soul and AskDanMickle. And you may also email your questions to podcast at 717Soul or podcast at Dan Mickle to reach us. And we may use your questions for future episodes. Thank you, and we look forward to bringing you more episodes in the future.